devil was an angel once. The world has its own rules, and these rules are not human. Some of us seek answers to the origin and existence of cryptids and the unexplained. Join us as we venture beyond the known and accepted boundaries. Welcome to our nightmare. I think you're going to like it. Hey folks, good evening and welcome to Phantoms of Monsters Radio, where we explore and discuss the unknown and the unexplained. I'm your host, Lon Strickler. Thanks for joining me this evening. Uh, before we get started, uh, I want to mention that Phantoms of Monsters Radio channel is made possible by you liking, subscribing, and sharing our programming. Super chat donations are essential for us to continue offering you our unique content. So uh, your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. So tonight I welcome Pennsylvania UFO and Anomalies Investigator and colleague Stan Gordon to Phantoms and Monsters Radio. Now Stan began his interest in the UFO subject and other strange incidents at the age of 10, 1959. He began the, in, uh, the field investigations of UFOs and other mysterious events in 1965 and is the primary investigator of the December 9th, 1965 UFO crash recovery incident that occurred near Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Now, Stan is a former state director for MUFON uh, here in Pennsylvania and has been involved with the investigation of thousands of mysterious encounters throughout the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And Stan has been featured in several films and documentaries. Uh, Stan's four books are a the culmination of his extensive field research. Now, his latest book is titled Creepy Cryptids and Strange UFO Encounters of Pennsylvania, Bigfoot, Thunderbirds, Mysteries of Chestnut Ridge, and more. Uh, Stan's website can be found at stangordon.info. So, Stan, thanks for joining me this evening. It's always good to be uh, on and discussing things with you. Yeah, we had a little trouble here. <laughs> you know, I, 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 for whatever reason, I didn't even think about hooking you up on the phone, but I, I hope everybody can hear you okay. Uh, so, um, you know, I saw the title of your book. I just got it a couple days ago. And uh, Creepy Cryptids. I don't think I've ever seen you write the word creepy in much of anything. So, uh, what's different about this time around? Well, um, you know, the, I've been involved in this now for a long, long time. This is going on 63 years of research this year. And I, again, as you had mentioned, I've been involved with thousands of UFO sightings and hundreds of Bigfoot and cryptic cases across Pennsylvania. And these sightings never end. It's year after year, a lot of activity last year, year before, even in uh, recent weeks. And, um, in some of the cases I've been working on, they're getting stranger and stranger. And I know you've had some of these incidents as well. But yeah. uh, some of these cryptid cases are getting very, very strange and unusual. Yeah, I had just put out this, uh, the Meme Humanoid book. And uh, I know this is a phenomenon you and I kind of touched on a bit. But it, it seems to be something that's rare, uh, raising its ugly head more and more as we go along. I don't know how many you've been getting, but uh, I, I know the standard fare of Bigfoot UFOs, wind cryptids especially, have been showing up for you as well. Yeah, um, I've had some of those. And again, I guess we fall under the category of uh, the Thunderbird reports. Yeah. And um, last year, it was interesting. Uh, we had a number of incidents reported, uh, some in daylight. Uh, very interesting. But, you know, when I talk about Thunderbirds, I, I kind of put these various um, subtitles under under that uh, pretext of uh, Thunderbirds because, one, a lot of those incidents, a lot of the reports I get are these huge, oversized, almost like an oversized turkey vulture, gently mm-hmm. um, or black. And uh, with huge wingspans, I mean, we're talking estimated between 10 to 20 foot wingspans. 
And, of course, it's very difficult, as you know, to, just like we're doing with UFO sightings, to judge altitude and size. But we have incidents where these things were very low to the ground and, in some cases, actually on the ground. For example, uh, they will be blocking a passage of a vehicle, and they're sitting there on the ground eating a roadkill. And uh, some of these cases have been just really amazing. And uh, we had these two incidents last year. On, I believe it was in April last year. This was down in uh, Montgomery County, kind of mm-hmm. down toward your direction, a little further down the state. Uh, I believe it was about 40 miles outside of Philadelphia. And this was a really interesting case um, where this uh, witness had observed this uh, very large flying creature. Actually, she was in a parking lot waiting for a, uh, an appointment, and she was a few minutes early. So she was uh, on the telephone talking to a friend when this huge shadow came right over top of her car, and she thought a small plane was going to crash right where she was. So she actually, I believe she ducked her head, and she's on the phone telling her friend about it and said that actually moments after that happened, she saw the biggest bird she'd ever seen in her life. And um, anyhow, she went on to talk about it, and this thing apparently went and flew up to the top of the chimney of the building of the office she was going to. And as she's walking around um, to go towards the office, this huge bird is perched uh, high on top of the chimney. And uh, it's looking down, it's making eye contact with the witness and said this thing had piercing, fiery eyes. It said the eyes were large and round, even from the distance up to the roof, and they were vivid green, red, and orange color. And uh, she began to run because as this thing made eye contact, she felt right away that she became panicked. This thing was going to come after her, and she starts running. And as she's running, she looks only about eight feet behind her. This thing has its talons out, and this thing is basically just gliding towards her. And she actually just rushes in and just rushes into the door of the office to get away from this thing. Mm. And uh, it was a very interesting uh, interview with her. I have the whole report on my website. They can read the whole story on there. But apparently the professional person that she was going to have the meeting with had apparently in the past had also a similar encounter with a very similar huge flying creature on that property. So it goes into uh, the information on that as well. But what's interesting with this case was the fact that it came down within seven, ten feet of of the witness made direct eye contact with this witness. And then several months later, outside of Pittsburgh in the afternoon, another person that apparently knew nothing about this, never heard about these kind of stories, was sitting outside when this huge flying creature came down within seven feet, turned its head, made direct eye contact with that witness, and um, they were both very, very shook up. So that's that's a kind of interesting thing. So you have these huge flying creature reports. But then also, again, as I start saying, under Thunderbirds, we also have reports for years of these very large, again, generally dark brown or black, quite often black, uh, leathery creatures, featherless, that look like giant bats. Hmm. And there's people I've interviewed, very, very credible people, that swear to what they saw look prehistoric. They said what they saw looked like a pterodactyl or pterodactyl. And then, besides that, yes, we've had these reports of these winged humanoid creatures. Uh, of course, that one case that, you know, we talked about long ago, I'm sure, was about that incident that happened uh, March 11, 2011, up there in uh, Butler County. It's mm-hmm. kind of become known as the, uh, the Butler Gargoyle Report. And um, that was kind of an interesting report as well. And um, I don't know if you want me to go over that report or not with you. I know we've talked about it. You can go ahead and and rehash that. That, That's okay. And by the way, I want to thank Lacey Wings for their their donation. Go ahead, Sam. Okay. Well, anyhow, uh, the witness who over the years I've got to know very well uh, and his family, he's a professional person. Um, And I know him him also. He and I have talked not too long ago. Go ahead. Okay. So anyhow, it's early morning hours, and he's driving on this uh, rural road between um, Chacor and East Brady. Mm-hmm. And he said he's riding down the road, and his headlights, he catches something in the field to his right. At the grassy area, he thought at first it was a deer. 
And um, he said, uh, all of a sudden, this thing was hunched over to stand straight up. And he realized that this thing was at least about eight foot tall. He had walked in front of a big, like a yellow sign. And it was a little taller than the sign. And um, he only saw it from the side. It never looked towards him. And um, as you look in this thing, it crosses the two-lane road in three long steps and goes into the woods. So he said what he saw, it was kind of a, a human, a humanoid figure. It was at least eight foot tall that appeared to have smooth leather-like skin that was either kind of a dark tan or a light brown color. And uh, the head was kind of shaped like an aerodynamic helmet. The face was flat. Uh, I believe the eyes were, they were not clearly defined, but they may have been pointed in the corner. And um, the arms were muscular and a little longer than that of a human. The hands had claws on them. And he said the one thing that really stood out was his extremely muscular legs. Mm. And he said the legs did not move like that of a human. They looked like they bent backwards. And it appeared to have wings on its back that were tucked into its body with the wingtips extending toward the side of its head. And what was really interesting about that case was within days, uh, Dan Hagman up there at the uh, Butler uh, Organization Research Young explained they had several reports from other people in that area that described seeing something very similar. Right. You know, um, out there in Butler and out there in your area, uh, we've had a lot of wing beam uh Big owl, large owls, uh, humanoid owls, uh, of course, with the, the pterosaur-type beings and the, uh, the the thunderbirds. Let me ask you this. You know, since we do get a lot of those in Pennsylvania, and, of course, this is the state I've had my encounter as well, just north of Gettysburg back in 88. What are your thoughts on these? Do you believe that there's a supernatural aspect of these beings or you believe that they're flesh and blood and well i think i think they're flesh and blood regardless but you think they're indigenous what what are your thoughts on that okay now are we talking about the the, the thunderbird type report so you talking well, about this we, human order yeah we can kind of split it up what do you believe in in each case well it's really hard to it's really hard to determine because there's not a lot of really not enough data on that. Yeah. Um, we're looking through some of the Bigfoot and some of the other cryptid and some of the other cases I worked on. Well, there's a lot of information that suggests we might be dealing with something as strange as it sounds, but for lack of a better term, we might be dealing with something as interdimensional. There mm -hmm. appears to be a physical and not physical component to it. Uh, with these giant bird reports, again, the whole thing is this, Lauren. You know, we've talked about these various type of cryptic cases for years. Uh, we have these last few years. I know you've had reports. We've had these very tall, hairless, thin, sickly-looking humanoid creatures that mm -hmm. are really strange reports, and they've come very close to people in some cases. And then we have some very weird things with the Black Panthers. We're out of place, and even a sighting just last week here up on the ridge. Um, and all these other weird things. And I found some really interesting patterns we can talk about with the Black Panther sightings and how they might be somehow associated with uh, some of the Bigfoot activity, actually. Mm. Uh, with with the big flying creature reports, I, I've heard some things that I can't confirm. I've heard some things from other researchers I'm in touch with. I, I heard a case a few years ago up in the ridge, a person saw, uh, I believe it was a large, huge white uh, flying creature. And as I recall, the, the reporter said, the investigator told me that the witness told him it was strange enough to see that thing, but it was transparent that you could see through it. And that's kind of interesting because that fits in with some of the other cryptic cases I've been investigating for years. Mm -hmm. So, and again, I got off track. What we talked about a long time ago is this. You have all these reports coming in year after year, and there's a lot of weird things that, again, we haven't even talked about with various cryptids, and you get the reports, I get them, others are getting these type of reports. There's no way that we can have so many unknown species of animals out there. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. But you have so many credible people who are seeing these things and, seeing, and giving us the similarities of reports. You see the patterns over the years. So there's something going on. But, uh, again, I, I think more and more 
for a lack of a better term, I think we're dealing with something that comes in and out of our reality, at times leaves evidence, and then they're gone. These things, they come and they go, they're here and they're gone. Well, you know, if you live and investigate in Pennsylvania, you're going to have to be a little more open-minded, I believe, as opposed to most other areas. And of course, what we've been dealing with out in, in the upper Midwest with the winged humanoids, we we believe the same thing, uh, that these are some type of interdimensional being. Uh, I want to thank the Oculus for their uh, membership and uh, their donation. Thanks again. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the different types of winged beings that we that people encounter or report to us here in Pennsylvania, I, I guess it, it can get confusing. But um, I, I personally believe that myself that the uh, the, the thunderbird like beings, the uh, possibly the pterodorn type beings, maybe some type of indigenous uh, entity. But yeah, I'm like I'm with you on the the human noise. That's just a little too too strange to be something other than supernatural yeah it's, it's very strange and, and i know you've had cases over the years where people have talked about some of these huge flying things people were seeing in the sky look something like giant stingrays mm-hmm. and i had an incident among others uh last year and this was uh, in september of last year and this was early morning so this is uh, between Greensburg and Latrobe, so it's, it's a rural area, and the fellow was early in the morning was pumping gas at a gas station, and this guy is very credible, and um, he said he's sitting there, sitting there pumping gas, standing there pumping gas, and he happens to look up across the road, and he says he sees this huge flying creature right over top of the tree. He said it was like watching something from Jurassic Park, but he told me he said it looked something like a huge oversized stingray in the sky. Mm-hmm. And um, he only saw it for seconds. He said it was all dark color, had very long legs and a tail, had a very wide wingspan. It occasionally flapped its wings, but it just soared most of the time that it was being seen. And he's very familiar with turkey vultures and blue herons and other birds in the area. And he said this was completely different than anything he'd ever seen before. Did that sighting happen to be near any water at all? Okay. Uh, I mean, are there, are there lakes around the area within miles, but nothing right in that immediate area that I can think right. of? Yeah, because, you know, the sightings I've gotten, for whatever reason, seem to be near a, a larger river or a or lake or pond or something. So, yeah, you know, I've been I've been looking into these flying mantid, manta ray type beings. Um, I kind of I'm kind of at the point now where I believe there's some type of uh, bio UFO or biocraft of some type. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if it's a mimic of a an actual manta ray that it, it is trying to be shown, but um, they seem to undulate like a, a manta ray that's in the water. So uh, it, it is kind of bizarre. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of strange things going out there. And, you know, what's really interesting here, get the, off the subject a little bit, but back to the UFO subject, you know, last few years been very, very active with UFO sightings and actually various cryptid reports. And, you know, I, again, reports come in here in all types of weather, in all seasons, all year round. And generally, year after year, when we start getting to the fall and winter and the weather starts deteriorating, generally reports begin to slow down. But actually, starting last October, we began to have a series kind of surge of activity. And it went on through the, all the rest of last year into this year, into recent weeks, uh, numerous reports of a lot of UFO activity, but a lot of it were, were large objects, in most cases large objects, seen at very low levels, some very low to the ground, uh, some daylight reports, uh, just, just a very unusual amount of really good quality UFO incidents coming in. And, and sometimes, you know, we have other phenomena that turns up around the same time period. So let, let me give you just an example. Sure. Um, let me go through here a minute. Let me go into my file because this is kind of interesting. Uh, again, a lot of low-level sightings, a lot of reports of triangular objects on uh, the last several months, uh, cigar-shaped objects, that type of thing being reported. But uh, <clears throat> January 15th, 
of this year and um, came up, a, re- a man called in with a report. Now, during that time, you know, we were having very, very frigid weather. For days and days, well below zero, there were people who were having problems with their pipes breaking, and this fella, now this was up in Armstrong County, mm-hmm. and um, it was early morning, uh, after 3 o'clock in the morning, this fella was very concerned that his water line under his home was going to freeze up, so he, he goes under this crawl space under his house, and while as he's partly inside of the, the crawl space, he hears this strange humming, clicking sound from behind him, but he didn't know where it was originating from. So the next day, his neighbor lives across the street, contacts him, and says, I want to tell you, early this morning, he said, I saw something very strange right over top of my barn. And he went over and tell him the story, and it happened to be during the time that the other fellow, his neighbor, was trying to work on his uh, water pipes. So I got to interview the guy a couple days later, and he told me that around uh, 3.45 in the morning, he's awakened by the sound of his horses being disturbed by something. They were Their horses were running around, upset. So he goes down on his porch and looks towards the barn, but it's real dark down there, and he couldn't see much. So he starts walking down towards the barn, about 150 feet away, when suddenly these lights appeared over the barn. And the lights were shining down, and he could see the horses moving around, and that's when he saw this object hovering about 20 feet over top of the barn. Mm-hmm. He said it looked kind of like a teardrop-shaped object about 65 to 70 feet in length. It had a smooth silver or metallic look, something like stainless or galvanized steel, and he said it was solid and smooth-looking, it was emitting a humming and buzzing sound. There were numerous lights across the surface that looked round. There was probably eight rows of 20 to 30 lights on it that would change from a red to blue and then back to a red color. And he said he watched this thing hovering for about five minutes, but he didn't have a camera phone. He didn't have his phone with him. And he said he watched the light suddenly went out. He said everything went dark and the object just disappeared. He said it did not move away. It just suddenly vanished and disappeared. And he said moments later, the, the horses all seemed to go back to their normal behavior. So that was interesting in itself. However, that wasn't the end of what's going on. So uh, about, let me see, about 7 o'clock in the morning over on the Pennsylvania-West Virginia border, one of my research associates, Jim Brown, got a report, and he's been investigating this case. And... Um, person went outside, I think, to get a newspaper or take some garbage out or whatever, and noticed this object in the sky. It was hard to define exactly, but wasn't that high up, apparently. But it was kind of, I think, kind of a black area. There was a glow coming from it. Hard to see the actual shape. And um, didn't hear any sound at all. So the person thought it was very unusual, went to her home to go inside to get a camera. When she touched the door handle... She got a, um, a static charge, an electric shock, which she never did before. So she found a camera, found her phone, touched the handle again, and got another shock. When she goes back outside, the object is gone. So she goes back into the house to call a neighbor, got another shock. Her neighbor came over and got a static charge also on it. And so Jim got down to within the hour, and he's a very high-tech researcher, has some very good instrumentation, and... By that time, whatever the whatever the electrical charge was, it had uh, diminished. And but he checked all around, and there was nothing that he could find that would produce that type of effect. But here's what's really interesting: that was the third case within months of people reporting low-level UFO, UFO activity and having some type of like a static charge or electric shock at right at the time. Now. Hmm. Of course, historically, we have a lot of reports of electromagnetic effects. Mm-hmm. But this is different. You know, we've had cases where an object covers over a vehicle, the motor stalls, or the headlights dim and the object takes off and the power comes back on. You've heard those reports for years and years. Absolutely. So also, I was um, talking with Dan Hagman up in Butler, and he again, he's had a lot of activity up there in the last year or so. But in October of last year, now, this is interesting because these are kind of the things that you and I have talked about, and I wrote about my silent invasion book in the 70s. 
he had a report from Butler County of a person who was driving in a car that evening and saw a commotion to the right in the bushes or about dusk, and this uh, seven-foot-tall, hair-covered creature came walking out on the road, moving, moved very fast to the right, was hairy, muddy, and matted-looking, scared the person quite a bit. But I believe he said within the hour in that same general area, he gets reports from other witnesses who are reporting this very large triangular object. He said that they estimated it to be about the size of three buses hovering about 100 feet off the ground, and people reported feeling a static electric charge. So we thought that was kind of interesting. And then um, in um, up in Fayette County, so this would have been a month later, mm -hmm. uh, November, I talked to another witness, very interesting case. And this was, um, let's say this is early evening on, on a main road um, coming uh, through Fayette County, a rural area, very close to the Chestnut Ridge, which you and I have talked about many times. Mm -hmm. And this person in the distance sees what appears to be three lights in a rounded triangular configuration, similar to a guitar pick in shape. And the lights were perfectly circular, were non-blinking, kind of an orange-yellow color, were about the size of a large dinner plate. As this person got closer, this thing was hovering only about 30 feet off the ground. And the uh, person passed basically some under, pretty close underneath it. And um, the lights have now changed to a pinkish-yellow color, but this thing was small. It was only about 10 feet long. And... Um, did not have the radio on, but heard no sound from the object. And this person happened to have her, her dog in the front seat, and the dog was turning its head, looking at the object. Seemed like it was getting a little upset, so she's petting the dog. When she petted the dog, she also got a static charge, a slight shock from petting the dog at the time. So there mm. were three cases within months of that type of effect, which I thought was uh, quite interesting. That is interesting. You know, for those folks who, who don't know any or much about when we referenced the Chestnut Ridge, can you kind of give a thumbnail uh, assessment of what the Chestnut Ridge is, where it's at, and, and some of the stuff that's happened there over the years? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, place. And, uh, and I'll tell you how I found out about the ridge. This was back in 1969. Mm -hmm. um, I had gotten a call that afternoon of witnesses along uh, a major highway, along the tree line, they're seeing this very large, solid, elliptical, kind of cigar-shaped object that's um, hopping around the trees and kind of moving almost like a stair-step fashion up and down, and it finally drops down and it looks like it's landing in that area. So uh, the people actually called the police, and um, I got called about it, and I went out to interview the people, and um, in the days to follow, as I'm, I'm interviewing people out in that area and um, trying to get more information on that sighting, various people started bringing up to me because we weren't that far away from that section of the Chestnut Ridge. So I'm not that far from Dairy Township and that general area. Mm -hmm. And they started telling me about strange things that they had heard about. They had talked about Bigfoot sightings, strange lights, UFOs. I believe it was underground sounds. Some person actually... Years and years ago, back then, they told me about somebody seeing like an opening inside on the side of the mountain that opened up. So that fascinated me. And it's been ever since then that I've been getting reports for years and years. I'm carrying a lot of history of a lot of phenomena up in that area. So the Chestnut Ridge actually runs, it's, it's about 100 miles long, maybe a little less, but it goes through Westmoreland, Fayette, and Indiana County and Southwest PA and extends down to uh, around Preston County, uh, West Virginia, so out, a few miles outside of Morgantown, West Virginia. It is a virtual active area year after year for UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, there have been Thunderbird sightings, Black Panther sightings, other cryptid reports, uh, ghostly apparitions, underground sounds, mystery booms, all kind of phenomena has gone on for years and years along the ridge mm -hmm. and i don't know if you had a chance to read up yet i just up there's a there's a lot of really interesting details about the incidents that have been occurring on the ridge uh activity on there last year getting reports already this year 
uh, one of the first reports we had in January of last year was in daylight. So this would have been right on the border of Westmoreland, Indiana County, on top of the ridge, where a witness saw a seven and a half to eight foot tall, hair covered, hairy Bigfoot with, covered with dirty white matted hair, which you don't hear about those very often. We've had those reports in past years, and it was walking through a field in the afternoon. Unfortunately, the guy didn't have a camera with him. And then um, in the weeks to follow, other people reporting uh, strange screams and howls up in that area, but we get those for years and years around there. And then mm-hmm. the body prints in the snow. But uh, it, it's a fascinating area. Um, and again, one other one other anomaly that I get reports up in there, and I've had one just a few weeks ago, not far from there, are these reports of, again, what I call mini UFOs. And I think they are a very important part of the UFO phenomena. Uh, I've been investigating them since the 1960s. A lot of people don't seem to know much about these or talk about them. Uh, some talk more about saying, of course, they're describing it when they talk about orbs. But I started investigating these back years and years ago, and these smaller objects are fascinating because they're not high altitude. They're very low to the ground. They'll, on occasion, come very close to, to human observers. I mean, they've been close enough. A person could put their hand out and touch one. I've had them follow vehicles. I've had them enter people's homes and cars through open windows. Sometimes they'll go back out the window. Sometimes they'll go right through the, the uh, back of the vehicle or they'll go re- right through the wall of the house. I've had people report them inside of their house. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are just fascinating reports. Now, generally, the smallest ones look like oversized fireflies or lightning bugs. And they're about an inch or two in diameter, and then they go up to about a foot or two in diameter, and then some a little bigger. But a foot or two in diameter is very common. And, again, some a little smaller. But they're generally spherical, but not always. And um, sometimes they're solid and metallic-looking. In other cases, they're just luminous balls of light of different colors. And they're very fascinating because, you know, in more recent years now, not only in Pennsylvania, but throughout the country, in areas where you have a, a lot of active Bigfoot reports, researchers and witnesses are reporting seeing these small spheres of light low to the ground in the trees, sometimes approaching close to them. And uh, they're very, very fascinating. And, of course, going back to even 73, which um, I think you probably remember from my Silent Invasion book, there was a case north of Pittsburgh where two witnesses observed this white, hairy Bigfoot running across the road towards the woods. And one of its hand, it was carrying a small sphere of light, a bright, a ball of light. And a short time later, this object came across the sky projected a beam of light down to the woods where the creature ran into. Right. And uh, so those kind of reports are going on more and more around the country. Some some association between these small orbs of light and even the Bigfoot phenomena. Well, yeah, you know, I, I've been hearing and talking to folks way back in the 80s when I used to work for the steel workers, uh, we used to have retreat up at Linden hall, which is just outside of Periopolis. But you know, that whole chestnut Ridge Laurel Highland area has a lot of strange phenomena. And, uh, you know, I used to hear stories every time I used to go up there, we'd go and retreat, be up there a week. I would always hear something or somebody would say, I saw something strange last night, this and that. It, it never failed. Um, uh, you know, I, um, what what do you believe is the reason behind so much strangeness in that area? Well, you know, I've never been able to find any definitive pattern to it uh-huh. uh, at the ridge itself. But what I did find, and I think you brought some about this a few minutes ago, what, and I think you brought the bodies of water. What I found many, many years ago, and this continues to show up, many close-range, low-level UFO sightings. And many close-range encounters with Bigfoot and other cryptids, uh, Thunderbirds, uh, the outer place Black Panthers, these other cryptids that show up, they commonly occur in the vicinity of high-energy sources. Mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of reports around uh, rivers, lakes, reservoirs, 
high-tension power lines, power plants, gas wells, gas lines, radio and cell phone towers, windmill farms, railroad tracks. There's no doubt whatsoever that there's an energy pattern to a lot of these incidents or whatever that might be. Oh, I agree. Uh, it always has seemed, and, you know, I used to go on the Yakagani a lot. It always seems a lot of strange activity associated with the Yakagani into the Monongahela. Uh, you know, I know you've had UFO reports. I've had people have had sightings while fishing or doing whatever activity along either one of those rivers. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's something about that area. Yeah, and, and again, you know, it, it's interesting because in, in over the last year, when you're hearing all the news about the Navy sightings and the various objects that have been seen around the, the military, uh, the Navy vessels, mm-hmm. and then, of course, I was a focus on that one video of the object going into the ocean and maneuvering under the water. And here in Pennsylvania, for years and years, we've had reports of these things going in and out of the rivers and lakes of Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. this has been going on for a long, long time. It's interesting. So as far as Bigfoot activity, and, and well, especially the Ridge, uh, what's been coming up more more recent years? I know there have been a few few interesting encounters yeah, I, I, I understand there's been some activity. I don't have enough detail yet. I know there's been some reports of some activity in the last couple weeks. Um, I'm not ready to talk about it yet until I have all the information. Um, I, I've heard a lot of reports over the last couple of years, secondhand reports of people who had friends or relatives that saw something that they believe was a Bigfoot, but the people themselves didn't want to come forward. Again, there were, there were several sightings last year, and... Um, some reports are interesting. And, you know, we had mentioned a few minutes ago about the, the strange lights in Bigfoot. Here's an interesting report that happened um, in more recent years, 2019, um, outside of Pittsburgh in a rural area, uh, early morning hours. The Stella had gotten up and was looking out, the, I believe, the uh, kitchen window, and it was all illuminated outside, and the backyard went to a large wooded area. He sees what appears to be a small Bigfoot, and we have had reports of smaller ones around four to five feet tall. He said this one was about four and a half to five feet tall, covered with dark dark hair, long hair on the head in the back area, walking upright. You could see its um, arms extend almost down to the knees, and the arms are swinging as it's moving, but you can see it very well. And um, it enters a particular area of the woods. And he said about three seconds later after the creature had entered the woods at that same location, this bright sphere of light about three or four inches in diameter suddenly appeared. And he said it was similar looking directly into the front of a flashlight that's only about three feet above the ground. The light then moved a short distance for about three seconds and vanished. About four to five seconds later, that light reappeared about 10 feet away. And this time that small sphere emitted a beam of light about 10 to 12 feet in length. And after a few seconds, it vanished and it was gone. So Hmm. these things keep showing up. And um, so it's just amazing. But up on the ridge, year after year, people are seeing strange footprints in the snow and other times of the year. They're hearing howls and screams. Uh, And there have been many, many Bigfoot sightings um, over the years all through that area. Uh, And a lot of the sightings have been in daylight. And, of course, uh, when we go back to 1973, we had that massive first ufo wave across the state went on all year long with multitudes of ufo sightings and then we had those very strange cases show up with bigfoot and ufos seen together at the same time and place but um there was a lot of bigfoot activity especially along that area uh, around dairy township along that area the westmoreland county side of the chestnut ridge and i mean year after year we're getting reports of, of people seeing them up in that area. But a lot of those sightings in 73, I mean, they were in daylight. And a lot of them, I mean, they were cases where people were within 5, 10, 15 feet away from these things. And in some cases, you had multiple creatures, like two or three together at the same time. And uh, my teams at the time, we would get out there within minutes to hours after these occurrences took place. And that's why we were able to document these sightings so well, because it was... It was occurring it had just occurred we interviewed the witnesses you could see the human reactions we saw the animal reactions where even the most vicious dogs wouldn't bark or wouldn't move right after they were near a bigfoot 
that's when we began to realize that there was a lot more to the Bigfoot phenomena than just an unknown animal, which is what I always thought these things were. Yeah. It's that, and, and, and in more recent years, not just the case I've looked into here in Pennsylvania, but throughout the country and around the world, now you're hearing more and more reports from other Bigfoot investigators, from other witnesses of these things that are doing things that normal animals don't do. And, of course, one of the first things that we noticed back in 73, and it's been going on ever since, even in recent years, and even in fresh snow, you have these trails of these large, strange footprints with very large strides between them that go for a distance and then just abruptly stop and end when mm-hmm. they're shifted more tracks. And there was no way under the circumstances we found these cases that they could have been fabricated. And, uh, and that's just an amazing thing to see. And and then we have reports more and more of people seeing Bigfoot-like creatures that sometimes appear completely physically solid, but sometimes they just suddenly appear out of nowhere. The people are going down the road, and this thing just suddenly appears out of nowhere. They see it from head to toe, and moments later, it's just gone. And then you have these other cases where people said that the body is kind of out of focus, it's not completely solid. And sometimes these things appear to be not just running very quickly, but they appear to be either floating or gliding above the surface of the field or the road. Mm. And I'm sure you've heard some of those cases also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had one not long ago up near uh, Shippensburg up in Cumberland County, uh, something very similar to that. Uh, and, and there's another area of Pennsylvania that fascinates me because we have had some reports out there more recently in particular Bigfoot is out in Greene County. And now, of course, uh, Greene County and, and Washington County have had a lot of strange phenomena over the years. Uh, James West, in particular, who's now a member of our team, uh, had the, the upright canine dogman encounters there. We've had some Bigfoot sightings more recently. And uh, I've talked to numerous people who have had strange encounters in that area as well. And I'm sure you have as well. Oh, yeah, Queen County, Washington County. I mean, all those areas outside of Pittsburgh have had a long, long history. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's very, very fascinating. And, um, yeah, it, it, these things are going on everywhere. There's probably not an area in Pennsylvania that there haven't been reports over the years. Uh, Eastern PA and, uh, and, of course, Southwest PA, it's always active year after year. Um, and I'm hearing uh, quite a bit of activity up in up. Uh, north, a uh, northern part of the state. This would be up around the Pennsylvania New York border. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always been a lot of reports around the Allegheny National Forest and that general area, but I'm hearing reports from others, and and I've interviewed uh, people and other w- witnesses who've had things going on in recent months. And you know, line again is something I know we've discussed in the past. Uh, you can have a sporadic sighting, just be in the right place at the right time have a Bigfoot maybe right out in front of your car or see a Thunderbird or a Black Panther. But it, there also is this, this other aspect of the phenomenon that there are times over the years where this phenomenon seems to focus on a particular geographical location. Mm-hmm. And the phenomena, it can last for minutes, hours, days, or years. And that's when you have this outbreak where all of a sudden – you have UFO sightings, you have these orbs of light, you have Bigfoot sightings, cryptid sightings, screams and howls and footprints and paranormal phenomena and ghostly apparitions and all kinds of things go on. So it's similar to what the Skinwalker Ranch we've all heard about. But this has been going on for years and years. I was looking at these cases back in the 70s, and in more recent years now, there are some specific areas of Pennsylvania on certain properties where this is ongoing. And some mm-hmm. of these places are just amazing, the type of activity and the weird things that are going on. And uh, and again, it's not just in Pennsylvania. I mean, there's places all around the country now we're hearing that have similar type of things occurring. So it's just really interesting what this is all about. And I personally, I don't think anybody, including the government, understands it. I think <laughs> the government's interested in this type of thing. Yeah. And um, but I don't think anybody has the answer themselves so far. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's it's interesting where some of these flaps turn up. There even might be a small flap, well, just like Chicago. I mean, that whole thing is just um, – that's beyond much of what we've ever had, especially in an urban area and, and areas around it. Um, you know, i I be honest with you, with all the, the stuff that's been going on in Pennsylvania in more recent years and the variety of stuff, I, I'm I'm looking that – to where we may get a flap somewhere of uh, just like we did the 73 with the UFO and then cryptids occurring. Uh, I, I think it's very possible. We're going to get something like that in, in the near future. You know, the activity down here in my area down here by uh, well, in the Susquehanna Valley, particularly the Southern Susquehanna Valley down into Adams and York and Lancaster counties, it's been very active with a lot of different stuff. And we've had winged humanoids, Bigfoot, upright canines, dogman, lots of UFO activity. It seems like Butch got a three or four calls a week of uh, craft going across the, the river and, and, and being sighted. So uh, if something major happens around here or anywhere else in the state, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, again, it's, well, what's fascinating to me again is this surge of activity since October of last year when things yeah. generally quiet down. And into this year, uh, there's been some really interesting cases going on. And, you know, also, I, I told you about those events that happened up in Armstrong County on the West Virginia PA border back yeah. in January 15th. What I didn't mention to you is that same morning in daylight, up in Cambria County, there was another very close-range Black Panther encounter. And then just last week, up on the ridge again, up uh, right near the ridge, up in the Westmoreland County side, again in the afternoon, another Black Panther sighting. And yeah. that person, very critical witness, had a good look at this thing. Um, it was afternoon, it, but it was just, it was uh, late afternoon. It was just get, about getting dusk. And he thought at first when he saw this thing, it was a deer, but it was getting dark, and he gets his binoculars, and he says, it's this huge, huge uh, black cat. And um, But anyhow, he, he gets in his vehicle, and he goes after this thing, and he tried to get a couple of pictures, which he did, but unfortunately, it was almost dark, and the camera didn't do a very good job. You can see something on there, but not enough to be sure. He couldn't get any closer to it than, um, I think he said about 50 yards, about the close he could get to it. And he started running off, and he said he got a really good look at this thing. He said it was solid, black, and huge. He said the body was at least three, three and a half feet long, with a tail very long, about the same length of the body. The tail was long and thick and curled up underneath and all black. And he's certain that's what it was. Mm. And um, these, these Black Panther reports are, are just so intriguing because, of course, when we think about Black Panthers, we're talking about Black leopards or black jaguars, not common in this part of the world, but they've mm-hmm. been seeing these for years and years here in Pennsylvania. And um, there was that one case that I had that made me realize, among others, that there's more to the Black Panther phenomena, and I found other patterns as well than just an unknown or out of place animal. That happened back in February of 83. Do you want me to tell you the story about it? Absolutely, because I've been getting Black Panther sightings and hearing about them up your way for years now. Yeah, well, there's some very strange elements to the Black Panther phenomena. Mountain lions is one thing. The Black mm-hmm. Panther, of course, is something much more unusual. So this occurred in February of 83. Very cold, 1 o'clock in the morning. This man's coming home from his friend's house. His car's overheating. So he pulls into the driveway, uh, and he went in the garage to get uh, a can of antifreeze. So he comes back out, and he opens up the hood, and he's putting antifreeze in the vehicle. And a few seconds later, he hears this growl. So he turns around, and about 20 feet away, there's this large black house cat sitting there staring at him, growling at him. He didn't think too much of it because there's cats around. He's out in the country. He goes back to putting more antifreeze in the vehicle. A few seconds later, he hears a second growl, but this time the growl is much deeper and louder. And when he turns around to look, he's shocked because that large house cat had now physically grown about another foot in length. So he throws the empty antifreeze chug at the animal and he hits it. 
and it growls fiercely at him like it's going to attack. And it takes two or three steps backwards and growls again and starts moving up the road outside that's well lit. So this guy runs inside and grabs his pistol and he comes back out. And now he's just shocked because this animal is now physically the size of what he saw in the zoo. He said it's a black panther. It has glowing, luminous yellow eyes and it's staring at him with a long tail. He takes one shot at it. He wasn't sure if he hit it. And moments later, it physically vanished and disappeared right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have heard a lot of stories about those over the years. I mean, I had a friend, close friend, who um, whose family ran a funeral home up in Uniontown. The name, his last name was Lance. And uh, he was he, he was also trained undertaker mortician as well. And he used to talk about that large cemetery in Uniontown and uh, about people seeing Black Panthers up there. Have you ever heard of anything up there in Uniontown like that? Oh, yeah. Well, this occurred not far from Uniontown. Yeah. And the one I just told you about. But, right. yeah, there's sightings around that area for years. People seeing it all through Fayette County, all through the ridges, all around this area. People have been seeing it for years and years. But see, here's the thing, Juan, that's really fascinating. And I talk about sometimes this phenomena, whatever we're dealing with, seems like when this hits, there's an outbreak of all kinds of anomalies. And back in, let me see if my memory is 1979, this is down around Apollo, Pennsylvania. So it's on the border of Westmore and Armstrong County. An outbreak of all kinds of phenomena went started. It was in the summer of 79 when some kind of a strange object fell out of the sky that afternoon into the woods. And after, soon after that, they began to hear cries and howls and screams and see weird lights and orbs of light and footprints. And then over the next two years or so, things began to happen quite a bit. Bigfoot encounters, UFOs. So you have all this Bigfoot activity, and then at the same time, you had an outbreak of Black Panther sightings in the same area. And this series of events became so uh, well-known that the local news actually covered in the newspaper and on television. And uh, it was an amazing time. And there was even uh, some incidents uh, involved with some of the people involved in that case who claimed that this thing... Try, this Bigfoot mentally tried to telepathically communicate with them, which is something that's very rare in this part of the country. I've only had a handful of cases like that. Again, the witnesses were credible. They were really reluctant to tell me about it. And um, But that was fascinating. So sometimes when you have an outbreak of Bigfoot sightings in a certain area, you also have an outbreak of other cryptids. And you may have heard this over the years. There have been incidents where you have a Bigfoot accompanying another cryptid together at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of strange things. Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned before with the uh, with the uh, uh, with the orbs being seen around sightings of Bigfoot more and more, and um, that does seem to happen. Uh, and I have had sightings of... Uh, mostly other other types of canids and other beings around them that were indiscernible but uh yeah i mean it does seem to to work like that where there's there always seems to be something different uh going on different connections and you know we get a lot of reports like that where there's there's other aspects porn paranormal involved with some type of being oh yeah it's it's just so so strange and yeah, uh, again, you know, so many of the witnesses you interview, you hear these stories from so many people, and high percentage of these people, one, never believed that these things could exist. They never, they very rarely would ever talk about it publicly, and even when I'm interviewing them, they were so reluctant to talk about it, and for many of them, it was a life-changing event. I mean, yeah. there's people from 40 years or more ago that I'm still in touch with, and they've never been the same since. Because they encountered something that they always laughed at, that they never believed could be a real thing, and now they realize that what they saw was something that is not supposed to exist. Right. Uh, we got a question in the chat. What's the strangest case that you've ever been involved with? Oh, 
one for so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate when I get that question myself. Yeah, there's there's so many, and every year there's something more. And I mean, there are multitudes of cases in the new book. They're just so bizarre and yeah. so strange. But the one that always sticks out is, of course, that that multiple witness UFO landing out not far from Uniontown. You brought that up during the the '73 Bigfoot wave, yep. and that was that case where you had multiple witnesses observing that large UFO. That was um, about as big as a barn, a big red sphere, about 100 feet off the ground that night of October 25th, 1973, uh, when I got a call from a state trooper from the Uniontown Barracks that asked me to set up my team as soon as possible because of this incident that had just taken place. And uh, the brief part of the story is that um, about 15 people in that community, that rural community outside of Uniontown, they observed that red sphere hovering and then slowly moving downward. And it looks like it's going to land on the, on this farm, on the pasture. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be at that time that the farmer's son, who was a big fella, was coming out to visit his dad and his family where this was happening. He sees this thing, and he sees the people standing outside looking at it. He goes to a better location, get a better look, and he and two young boys decide they're going to go up and see what this thing is. And um, he stopped over at his dad's farm, grabbed a .30-06 and a handful of ammunition. And he didn't realize until a little later that he actually had two tracer bullets in that ammunition as well. Mm. And um, so anyhow, as they're proceeding up the farm road towards the pasture, the dogs around the area are just going crazy. They hear this high-pitched whining noise and there's these baby crying sounds. And as they get closer, the noises are getting louder and louder. So they, they angle their truck, and they let the, he- let the headlights on to see the path, and they notice it looked like something was draining the power from the headlights that they had never noticed before. And they finally make their way up to the hill, and they're standing there about 250 feet away. This object, which had been a big round sphere in the sky, was now a very large, about 100 foot in diameter, big white dome. So it was like a half a sphere. And it's making this high-pitched whining noise, and they can't believe what they're seeing. So they're standing there studying this thing, trying to figure it out, when their attention's drawn to this barbed wire fence about 75 feet away. And that's when they see these two huge Bigfoot-like creatures, one behind the other, slowly moving one behind the other along the fence line towards them. The biggest one's in front, it's about eight feet tall. The one behind it's about seven feet tall. And they're covered with lark, uh, uh, long, dark, matted hair hanging down from the arms. The, the, the arms are so long, they're almost down to the ground. They're very, very long arms. They have no neck. One thing that was very prominent were the eyes. The eyes were very large, and they were self-luminescent, and they were glowing bright green. And they're making this whining, baby-crying sound. While the one boy is so frightened, he runs out of the field. Mm-hmm. And then the other young fella yells to the older guy to shoot at them, shoot him. And he fires the first shot, which turns out to be a tracer bullet. So you just got that, that luminous trajectory. He fires over their head. He fires the second tracer. Here's when it got interesting. When he fires that second tracer, the largest of the two creature raises his one hand, just reaches out as though to grab that tracer, makes a loud whining, crying sound, and at the exact moment it does that, that large object in the field vanishes and disappears. It doesn't take off and accelerate and gone. It's just gone. So most of the luminosity that was producing and the sound has stopped. At that point, the creatures turn around, slowly start walking back along the barbed wire fence towards the woods, and he's firing live ammo now from his .30-06 into the creatures, mainly aiming at the largest one. And he always said to me before he passed away years ago, he said, I'll never forget how I'm pumping live ammo into that thing. There's no effect on it whatsoever. And it just kept staring at him with those glowing green eyes as he's firing into it. Hmm. And um, at that point, they run back to their truck and go back to the farmhouse and take the family to a neighbor and they call the state police. And when the trooper arrives 45 minutes later, he said he went up into the area, and the area where the object was on the ground, 
was self-luminescent and glowing, about 100 feet or more in diameter. The farm animals wouldn't go near it. He said, he, if, he shined his flashlight beam into it. He could barely see it. And he said, if I had a newspaper, I'm sure I could have read the newspaper from the glow coming off that area. And then a lot of things happened during the night. It got stranger and stranger. I was told they went back to the barracks. Both the trooper and the witness were separately interviewed. Then they called me to set up my team. Mm-hmm. And we were up there during early morning hours. It was, it was the case that convinced myself and some of my skeptical team members, because we had scientists <laughs> and engineers and research people in the group, right. and some were pretty skeptical. But as time went on, they began to realize something was going on. But that case was the case that convinced me and others that we're dealing with something much stranger than an unknown animal. And there's a lot we just didn't understand. And from that point on, the reports got stranger and stranger in the weeks ahead. Absolutely. You know, if folks, if you uh, get the small town monsters film invasion on Chestnut Ridge, it, that incident is depicted very distinctly in that uh, and stands in the film as well. And I think Jim's in it also. Uh, it, it's a very good film and it really goes into depth of what happened during that incident. So, um, so Stan, uh, tell folks how they can get a hold of you, how they can get your new book and, uh, whatever else you want to put out there. Okay. Well, my website is stangordon.info, I-N-F-O. Uh, contact information is on the website. There's an email address, which is P-A-U-F-O at Comcast.net. And there's other ways to contact me as well through the website. Uh, all of my books are available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. The new book, which has, again, some very, very strange cases. It gets into a lot of detail about a lot of the strange things up on the, the Chestnut Ridge and other areas. And it's called Creepy Cryptids and Strange UFO Encounters of Pennsylvania, Bigfoot, Thunderbirds, Mysteries of the Chestnut Ridge, and more. And I think uh, people are going to find just some really fascinating stories in there. I highly recommend it. And uh, Stan, again, thanks for coming on with me. Uh, Buddy, we'll be talking very soon. All right, Lon. Have a good evening, and thanks again for having me on the program. You take care. Now, if you've had an unexplained encounter or sighting, feel free to contact me directly at at Fams and Monsters on the blog site, or go ahead and and, and email me at lonstrickler@famsandmonsters.com. Also, if you would like to have your encounter or sighting read on the show, please forward to my email. We're going to be producing a show either on a a weekly or biweekly basis where I'm going to be reading newer reports that come in. So uh, that's in the works. So you can look forward to that real soon. You know, I want to again thank Stan Gordon for uh, joining me this evening. And thanks to each and all of you for watching and chatting. If you you made a super chat donation, it's truly appreciated. Your support is what makes this possible. So please like, subscribe, and share. And also, we the membership is available as well. So go over there, check it out, and uh, sign up. My new book, The Meme Humanoids, Modern Myths, or Real Monsters, is now available on Amazon. So, uh, And we will be giving out a couple books on next week's show, which is going to be a humanoid roundtable discussion. The uh, the guests are, are kind of non-committal at this point. We'll have a list up in a couple of days, and I'll post the uh, I'll post the uh, the show then. So, but it should be very interesting and a very interesting entertaining discussion. So, until next week, stay healthy and have a safe and enjoyable weekend. Good night.